0: us to take a look into our hearts, into our lives today, and to really examine our attitude. And we pray that you help us to have an ongoing attitude of gratitude. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This year for our school, they chose... um, some scripture verses for their theme verses every year, and the ones for our school for this year is um, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, and it says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I think it's very important, those last few words, in Christ Jesus. That's the key for joy, the key for prayerfulness, and the key for thanksgiving. And I want to share with you another section. In fact, if you want to take out a Bible and follow along with this one and It's in Philippians chapter four. It's on page eighteen thirty, and we've been hitting this section a lot. But we're going to hit a different section first, and come back to a section we've been hitting a lot in a series called "A Great Life Now." And as you're turning to page eighteen thirty, the whole purpose of the series is—it's occurred to me more and more as I'm going through my life that you know heaven's going to be fantastic because of of what Jesus has won for us, and you know heaven is going to be beyond our belief. But the more I read the scripture, the more I see how Jesus gives us so much guidance on how to have a a better life now. In fact, in John 10.10, Jesus says, I've come to give you life and give it to the full. That's not just heaven, that's now. And so how do we do that? And how can we be thankful always when bad things happen? And so... In Philippians chapter 4, I want you to turn to verse 10, 4.10, and it says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord, that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Paul has learned a secret of contentment. He's the same one who says the words, inspired by the Holy Spirit, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. How can we learn to be content? In any and every situation. Now, the psalm I sang to you, I want to, in fact, if you want to grab one of the, the hymnals in front of you, too, and turn to page 763, page 763, I want you to take a look at these words. And I want you to envision what he was thinking when he wrote the words. As I mentioned, he was on a ship going to England to meet up with his wife. And over the spot where his daughters perished, the captain told him, this is the area where your daughters drowned. And that's when he supposedly took up a piece of paper after this and crafted the words for this hymn. So let's take a look at these words. And I think we're going to learn some secrets here about Thanksgiving and contempt, even the worst situations. Because I don't think any of us has gone through a situation as worse than Horatio. His business and shambles. His son had died in pneumonia. His four daughters had drowned. What's left? And what we see in this hymn is what is left. He says, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll. What do you think he's thinking about there? He's in the ship. The waves are rolling. Whatever my lot... Thou hast taught me to say, and what is his lot? He had just had terrible loss and tragedy. It is well, it is well with my soul. And then the second verse: Though Satan should buffet, the trials should come, let this blessed assurance control. That Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul so even as all this terrible tragedy has happened to him what's going through his mind what's he focusing on he's focusing on what he still has rather than focusing on what is lost he's focusing on what is still there in verse 3 he lives all this bliss of this glorious thought My sin, not in part, but in whole, is nailed to his cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. That even though he's lost his daughters, in fact, the people on the ship, they said that before the ship sank, they saw Horatio's wife, Anne, and the four daughters kneeling together praying before the ship went down. That he brought up his daughters to know the Lord. And he knew that Jesus died for their sins, that Jesus died for his sins. That in the face of this tragedy, what remains is a fact that Jesus has won a victory. And then the last verse And Lord has the day when our faith shall be sight. I love that line. Think about it. The Sunday our faith is going to give us clear sight. A lot of things are a mystery to us. And someday all the tragedies, all the the difficulties we've gone through, all those questions that we may have that we want to ask God, they're going to be cleared up. I don't know about any of you, but I have a lot of questions that I want to ask God when I get there. Anybody have a list of questions? Here's my guess, my theory. When we get there, it's going to be so incredible, we're going to forget the list. It's just not going to matter anymore because we're going to see things from a completely different perspective. He goes on, The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The clouds, all the challenges, all the difficulties, they all are going to be pulled away. The trumpet shall sound, and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. Have you gone through some trials in your life? Is it kind of hard to be thankful sometimes? I think back over my life, and there's been some challenges. I think back a lot of years ago, and had a house in Salt Lake City area. Had been there for barely two months. And had a Sunday at church. It went great. Go back to the house, and there's fire trucks and ambulances, TV cameras. Our house is on fire been burning for three hours. That area the the Mormon church met from about 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock, and that's the same time the fire burned. And dogs inside, didn't have kids. The dogs were inside, they were dead. All of the things we owned, family heirlooms, pictures, the art that I'd done in college, drawn, you know, things just destroyed. And it was kind of a strange situation. When I drove away from the house, had the clothes on my back, and everything else was kind of gone. I mean, eventually, you know, things were replaced, but just, it was kind of a strange feeling. It made me think. In fact, I like to write music, and the song, I, I wrote a song, I wrote, I wrote, at that time I wrote a song, that the title of it is, You Can't Take Away My Faith. We can lose anything in this world, but the thing that is the most important thing that cannot be taken away from us as long as we cling to, to Jesus is this faith he's given to us. That's the most important gift we have. And that's a constant in our lives. I want us to turn to, um, to Psalm chapter 100. Psalm 100. It's on page 937, 937. 937. 937. And I use this one for joy too, but thankfulness and joy seem to come together a lot. And here's a way for us to learn to have a thankful life, an attitude of gratitude. Psalm 100, page 937, says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God, it is he who made us. We are his people, we are the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues for all generations. Really what Horatio was doing when he wrote that hymn, in the midst of his sadness, what was he doing? He's praising God. Still worshiping God. And worship is not just something we do on a Saturday evening or a Sunday morning. Worship is something that is to be a lifestyle. A lifestyle of living in praise and thanks to God for who He is and what He's done for us. One more verse I want you to, section I want you to see. It's from Luke chapter 17. Luke 17, verse 11. It's on page 1627. 1627. This is um, a lesson from Jesus to us on thankfulness. Luke 17 verse 11:1627. And it says, "Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, "Jesus Master, have pity on us." When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner and he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. These guys had leprosy, an incurable disease back then. It was a slow, painful, humiliating way to die. And they were kicked out of their communities. They were put in these colonies where the only people they could be with were those that were with leprosy like they had. And they thought it interesting Jesus even around them because people wouldn't travel even close to them in fear that they in turn would get leprosy too. So what does he do? He basically says, you're going to be healed. But he tells them to go and see the priests. Why? Because they could not be allowed back in the community with with leprosy, but if they were healed, they could get back in their community. And so they went and found the, the priests and were ultimately declared healed. And nine of them do what? Kind of assimilate back into their society, back into their village. One, and he's not a Jew, he's what? A Samaritan, a group of people hated by the Jews. And he's the one who goes back to Jesus and he thanks him and praises him for what he's done. And Jesus asks, where are the other nine? There's two ways that people live in this world either in scarcity or in abundance. And I would venture to say that most people live in scarcity. Rather than focusing on what they have, they focus on what? What they don't have. The ninth and tenth commandments that God gives to us said do not covet. The first nine is focusing on do not covet things and The tenth, do not covet people or living things. And when you think about it, why does God have, I call it the double whammy. I mean, there's a double dose of coveting in the Ten Commandments. And coveting is basically living your life wanting more. Thinking, this is not enough. I I need a bigger house. I need fancier cars. I need more money. I need different this, different that. Let's be honest. Look around the world in which we live. And so many people are living as if they don't have much when they have a lot. Stop and think about what we have. What do you have right now? Do you have a roof over your head? Do you have clothes to wear? I see you're all wearing clothes. That's a good thing. You probably ate today, probably at least two meals so far, maybe three. Maybe the third one's coming after church. We have family. We have friends. The blessings keep pouring all the time. We have life. The most important thing, what do we have all the time? We have a victory that Jesus gave to us. We have a faith, a faith that is eternal. You strip all the things away and all those clouds get pulled back. Let's say that all these worldly things get pulled away and someday nothing in this world is going to leave this planet except for our soul. It's well with my soul. When you think about those words he said, It's my soul is still going to go to heaven. Yes, this life can be tough. This life can be challenging. But God has my back. In verse 13 in chapter 4 of Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do what? All? Some things? No, all things through Christ who gives me strength. And that's a Constant. No matter what the situation, it's a constant. There's scarcity, and then there's abundance. And abundance is knowing that I am being blessed all the time. You know, Thanksgiving is a special time of year that we have every November. And it kind of goes back to a tradition of which group of people? Pilgrims, right? And the pilgrims, they were Puritans. They came over on the Mayflower and... They had a really rough beginning. That first year when they came across, many of them died in the ship. Some of them died that first winter. In fact, almost half of their community perished that first year. Can you imagine? Family members, maybe kids, parents, spouse. They had terrible loss. And they were struggling because they were in a new land. They had to figure out how to survive. Which group of people came to help them out? the Native Americans came and began to help them out and taught them about farming, taught them about some of the wild game in the area, and eventually established themselves. And even after all the struggles, all the trials they'd gone through, they did what? They did a celebration of Thanksgiving. You know, the reality is this. We can be thankful in any and every situation. I look back over the tragedies, the challenges in my life, and you can do the same. And what do you find in those challenges? I don't know about you, but I've grown. I am thankful for the difficult times. You know, Paul says in Romans 5, I rejoice in my suffering because suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character produces hope. What happens when everything goes good all the time? Then we start feeling entitled. We start thinking, I got things under control here. And once you start living that way, you can usually depend on what's going to happen. A crash. (laughs) Things are going to come back down again. Life is going to always be a roller coaster in our lives, but through our life of faith, it's always what? Steady. Steady. God is steady, his power unlimited, his ability to help us beyond what we can possibly imagine. And the more that we grasp this, we can learn to have what kind of an attitude? Attitude of gratitude. I want to encourage you to do something, and I've challenged some of you before, maybe you've heard me say this. So often people will come to you and say, how are you? What do you say? Oh, good, fine, I'm okay. Try this one. I am abundantly blessed. Now, the first time you say they're going to look at you like you're from Mars or something. Okay? I'm abundantly blessed. But is it true? Yes or no? When is it true? All the time. I want to encourage you for a while to try to do that. Say, I am abundantly blessed. And I think the more you say it, you're going to start even believing it more too because it's the truth. But you might also get someone to say, how would you get that way? Can you tell me about how you you got that? And say, I'd love to. And all of a sudden, the dialogue can open up where you can share with them the most important thing in your life. That's your faith in Jesus Christ. We are abundantly blessed. And so I want to encourage us as we go through life, no matter what the situation, to think about what God wants for us. He wants us to be thankful and live in gratitude. And it leads to happiness. It leads to joy. And I think it's really important we see in Philippians that, and even in in Psalms that through lives of worship, not just on a Saturday or Sunday, but all week long we keep worshiping God. Prayer, we see pray in all circumstances. And it talks about also in Philippians, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. With thanksgiving, we can pray to God. And talk to him. And follow his word. Listen to his word by picking up scripture. And every time we read the scriptures, God speaks to us. And realize that God wants you to have a great life. One of the keys to having a great life is to be thankful in all situations, in all circumstances. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, so often we can be like the nine that didn't go back. We just take things for granted but we stop and think about it, Lord. You're blessing us all the time. You have our backs. You have things under control. Our future is secure. Our sins forgiven because of what you've done, Lord Jesus. We realize that things are fine. And someday those clouds are going to be pulled back and someday our faith will be sight, and it's all going to be clear and all the mysteries that we've maybe tried to figure out, it's going to all be clear someday because you see the bigger picture. Lord, help us to trust you. Help us to live in thankfulness because we know that all situations, all circumstances, that we can be thankful because you are with us all the time. And your power, your strength, your love will carry us in the good times, in the bad times, no matter what the situation. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.